Dictionary defines a near-death experience as an occurrence in which a person comes very close to dying and has memories of a spiritual experience, such as meeting dead friends and family members or seeing a white light during this time when death was near. Hello and welcome to Not Quite Cold. I'm Laura Kreiser, your host. First of all, I would like to thank you for listening to my podcast and give you a brief introduction as to who I am. I've had another paranormal radio show in the past with a good friend of mine, Chris. And honestly, the paranormal is something I can go on and on about for hours. When being interviewed in the past, one of the questions that always pops up is, how and when did you get interested in the paranormal? How do you tell someone that the paranormal is something you've always dealt with? Ever since I can remember, I've seen things, heard things, known things that most people would take as paranormal. Like the memory of looking out my bedroom window in the two-story house and seeing a man under a tree dressed in black looking up at me. Or knowing a week before my grandmother died that she wasn't going to be around anymore. Or asking my mom constantly if we were witches. I know, I'm a dork. But these really are not normal memories for most people. And truthfully, those are small memories on top of a mountain load of a lot more. But I'm getting a little bit off topic. And I really want to save those stories for future episodes. So I guess what I'm saying is, I don't know when the paranormal entered my life. I grew up in a small community and with a pretty religious family. I even went to a private Lutheran grade school. I could blame it on my father, who very much believes in things that there are answers for. Or perhaps my mom, who always used to hint that her own mother knew things that she couldn't have known. But I kind of have a different theory, and it involves a light, a tunnel, and water. was around three years old and it was the early 80s I often went with my mom to a family friend's house they had several daughters who were much older than me but they were so kind and usually seemed to really enjoy playing with me well this particular summer their family put in a pool complete with a large wraparound deck. I remember being outside on this deck and running around the pool the whole time having the adults and most likely their older daughters all yell at me to walk so I wouldn't fall in. But what three-year-old have you ever come across who actually listened? So in the water I went. I don't have a memory of this part, but What I do have memories of still kind of shocks me even to this day. 
The area around me was dark and black. I was on some type of bridge or a platform of sorts. I'm not exactly sure. But in front of me was a light so incredibly bright. All I could make out were shadows. There was a lady who was standing in the front of this beacon of light. And as I stated before, all I saw was a shadow. There were no markings as to what she had on, her hair color, or if she even used her mouth to speak. I became very upset by this. And I'm actually ashamed to say it, but I threw a tantrum. I remember crying and saying why, and I kind of remember throwing myself on the ground and flailing my arms around in a very tempered tantrum way. I knew that there were lots of animals behind this lady, and I just really wanted to see them and play with them. Not to mention, I distinctly remember hearing the murmuring of people behind her, as if they were trying to peek around her to get a glimpse of me. I don't know exactly what this lady was telling me, but I do know that she was basically saying it wasn't my time yet. As far as the rest of the day after the incident in the pool, I remember having to borrow a t-shirt from one of the other girls and being told by the adults to calm down and to not do much. But of course, being three, all I wanted to do was play. I also sort of remember my mom asking her friends if they thought I should go to the doctor. But of course, as I mentioned earlier, it's the 80s, and they really didn't see a need. I'm sure no one had heard of dry drowning. And side note, if you have kids and have never heard of dry drowning, please Google it. I'm really not trying to scare anyone with this, but you should definitely be aware. It wasn't until I was an adult when my mom told me about what had happened. She stated that I fell in and one of the older girls pulled me out and they had to do CPR. After that, I seemed normal, so no one ever really brought up the accident again. I even questioned my father, and he said he didn't remember it. Ah, the 80s, where your kid can drown in a pool, be brought back, and life can carry on as normal. I probably would assume that this was all just a silly dream if my mom hadn't told me that it actually happened. A French author in the 18th century reported one of the oldest NDEs, or near-death experiences. His name was Pierre-Jean Mondouf. And I do apologize, I'm clearly not French. And honestly, I'm not good even with very simple names. But Pierre was a military physician. He wrote a book and described an NDE when a patient in Paris who fell unconscious 
and they woke reported seeing a light so pure and bright that they thought they must have been in heaven. Also, it's estimated that in 2011, 9 million people in just the U.S. alone who believed that they've had an NDE. 9 million! Now, with so many others who have almost passed away from COVID, I really can't help but wonder if that number is higher. The main thing that near-death experiencers have said that they felt is a sense of peace and that they've seen a bright light and they went through a dark tunnel and were greeted by someone. Another thing that most of these experiencers stated is that it had a big impact on their life. Some have put even more effort into their daily tasks, while others struggle to move on and do even simple things. So why do so many people have or have had the same experience? Is it simply the neurons in their brains firing one last time to create some odd last hallucination? Or does it stem from religion? I can't honestly believe that all 9 million people believed in an afterlife. But I really don't buy the fact that it's just the brain creating this all either. Especially after my own experience. I was three, so religion really hadn't stuck its talons into me yet, and don't they say that kids' brains are still growing at this age? And what about those NDEs where they're floating above their bodies and can see and recall what is happening at the time that they quote-unquote died? That clearly isn't just the brain hallucinating. So what does happen when we die? Maybe ancient religions knew something we don't. If you think about it, most of them firmly believed in an afterlife and would put food and other goods in with the bodies when they buried them. It wasn't until around the 1960s when they started using chest compressions with mouth-to-mouth -to, -mouth to create what we now know as CPR. So the amount of people who could be brought back increased. And in 1975, a psychiatrist named Raymond Moody coined the term near-death experience when he wrote a book called Life After Life. In 2019, scientists realized that the cells inside your body don't actually die when you die. They realized this after they did an experiment that showed how the brain activity could be restored in pigs after more than 10 hours after the animals were killed. And even when all signs of life have gone and the brain cells have not had any oxygen, those cells didn't die for many hours and possibly for days. So 
perhaps it is some freaky thing our body does to make us think that we're in a tunnel with a bright light at the end of it. Perhaps it isn't anything religious or paranormal at all. But what about those out-of-body experiences like I mentioned before? Nah, I just don't buy it. I can't accept that it's all a big hallucination. What about you? Do you think it's just something the brain does? Or do you believe it might be something else? Something paranormal in a sense. Just like everyone is completely different, near-death experiences are also very different. Some might not see anyone at all and only remember the feeling that they got. While someone else might claim to have met Jesus or a loved one that passed away years ago. I believe that my own experience helped or gave me the ability to talk to spirits. I know, that sounds really crazy. But if you continue to listen to my podcast and the stories that I'll share, you might just start to believe. Or in the very least, realize that I'm not crazy at all. And I have had and continue to have connection to what some people call the other side. There is definitely more to this world than meets the eye. And that, my friends, is definitely what excites me and drives me to learn more about the things that go bump in the night. Hopefully, you'll join me on this adventure. But in the meantime, stay safe. Don't run when next to a pool and keep a light close. Be sure to join me in two weeks when I will have a guest co-host and we'll be discussing water and all the odd things that go along with it. Also, if you have Facebook, be sure to check out the Not Quite Cold page and give it a like. I'll be posting links on there and giving you a heads up about future shows. You can also message me and let me know what you want to learn about. Or perhaps you have your own wild story you're just bursting to tell someone. If you don't have Facebook, you can also email me at notquitecoldpodcast at gmail.com. That's notquitecoldpodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week, and I will be talking with you soon. The Webster Dictionary defines a near-death experience as an occurrence in which a person comes very close to dying and has memories of a spiritual experience, such as meeting dead friends and family members or seeing a white light during this time when death was near. Hello and welcome to Not Quite Cold. I'm Laura Creaser, your host. Hello and welcome to Not Quite Cold. I'm Laura Creaser. Hello and welcome to Not Quite Cold. I'm Laura Creaser, your host. First of all, I would like to thank you for listening to my podcast and give you a brief introduction as to who I am. 
I've had other paranormal. First of all, I would like to thank you for listening to my podcast and give you a brief introduction as to who I am. I've had another paranormal radio show in the past. I've had another paranormal show in the past with a good friend of mine, Chris Setterston. And honestly, the paranormal is something I can go on and on about for hours. When being interviewed in the past, nope. Okay, let me try that again. I've had other paranormal, another, uh, I've had, oh, okay. I've had another paranormal radio show in the past with a good friend of mine, Chris. And honestly, the paranormal is something I can go on and on about for hours. When being interviewed in the past, one of the questions that always pops up is, how and when did you get interested in the paranormal? Well, how do you tell someone that the paranormal is something you've always dealt with? Ever since I can remember, I've seen things, heard things, known things that most people would take as paranormal. Like, The memory of looking out my bedroom window in the two-story house and seeing a man under a tree dressed in black looking up at me. Or knowing a week before my grandmother died that she wasn't going to be around anymore. Or asking my mom constantly if we were witches. I know, I'm a dork. But these really are not normal memories for most people. And truthfully, those are small memories on top of a mountain load of a lot more. But I'm getting a little bit off topic. And I really want to save those stories for future episodes. So I guess what I'm saying is, I don't know when the paranormal entered my life and took a hold. I grew up in a small community and... With a pretty religious family, I even went to a private Lutheran grade school. I could blame it on my father, who very much believes in things that there are answers for. Or perhaps my mom, who always used to hint that her own mother knew things that she couldn't have known. But I kind of have a different theory. And it involves a light, a tunnel, and water. I was around three years old. And it was the early 80s. I often went with... I was around three years old. I was around three years old. And it was the early 80s. I often went with my mom to a family friend's house. They had several daughters who were much older than me, but they were so kind and usually seemed to really enjoy playing with me. Well, this particular summer, their family put in a pool, complete with a large wraparound deck. I remember being outside on this deck and running around the pool. 
the whole time having the adults and most likely their older daughters all yell at me to walk so I wouldn't fall in. But what three-year-old have you ever come across who actually listened? So in the water I went. I don't have a memory of this part, but what I do have memories of still kind of shocks me even to this day. The area around me was dark and black. I was on some type of bridge or a platform of sorts. I'm not exactly sure, but in front of me was a light so incredibly bright, all I could make out were shadows. There was a lady who was standing in the front of this um, beacon of light, we'll call it. There was a lady who was standing in the front of this beacon of light. And as I stated before, all I saw was a shadow. There were no markings as to what she had on, her hair color, or if she even used her mouth to speak. But I do remember the but I do remember being told very sternly not to enter or to move closer. This upset me a lot. And well, I'm kind of ashamed to say, but I threw a temper tantrum. I remember crying and saying why and yelling at her. I probably even dropped to the ground, if you want to call it that, and flung my arms about in protest. Yeah. But I was told very sternly not to enter or to move any closer. I became very upset by this. And I'm actually ashamed to say it, but I threw a tantrum. I remember crying and saying why. And I kind of remember throwing myself on the ground and flailing my arms around in a very temper tantrum-like mode. In a very temper tantrum way. I knew that there were lots of animals behind this lady, and I just really wanted to see them and play with them. Not to mention, I distinctly remember hearing the murmuring of people behind her as if they were trying to peek around her to get a glimpse of me. I don't know exactly what this lady was telling me, but I do know that she was basically saying it wasn't my time yet. The rest of the day after my incident in the pool, I remember... As far as the rest of the day after the incident in the pool, 
I remember having to borrow a t-shirt from one of the other girls and being told by the adults to calm down and to not do much. But of course, being three, all I wanted to do was play. I also sort of remember my mom asking her friends if they thought I should go to the doctor. But of course, as I mentioned earlier, it's the 80s and they really didn't see a need. I'm sure no one had heard of dry drowning. And side note, if you have kids and have never heard of dry drowning, please Google it. I'm really not trying to scare anyone with this, but you should definitely be aware. It wasn't really until I was an adult when my mom told me about what had happened. She stated that I had fell in and one of the other girls. Yeah. It wasn't until I was an adult when my mom told me about what had It wasn't until I was an adult when my mom told me about what had happened. She stated that I fell in and one of the older girls pulled me out and they had to do CPR. After that, I seemed normal, so no one ever really brought up the accident again. I even remember questioning... I even questioned my father about this. No. I even questioned my father, and he said he didn't remember it. Ah, the 80s, where your kid can drown in a pool, be brought back to life, and... Ah, the 80s, where your kid can drown in a pool, be brought back, and life can carry on as normal. I probably would assume that this was all just a silly dream if my mom hadn't told me that it actually happened. A French author in the 18th century reported A French author in the 18th century reported one of the oldest NDEs or near-death experiences. His name was Pierre Jean Mondouf. And I do apologize. I'm clearly not French. And honestly, I'm not good even with very simple names. But Pierre was a military physician. But Pierre was a military physician. He wrote a book and described an NDE when a patient in Paris who fell unconscious stated that uh, when a patient in Paris, nope, but Pierre was a military physician. He wrote a book and described an NDE when a patient in Paris who fell unconscious, 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 nope. He wrote a book and described an NDE when a patient in Paris who fell unconscious stated that they reported, stated that they, ah. 
Okay. But Pierre was a military physician. He wrote a book and described an NDE when a patient in Paris who fell unconscious and they woke reported seeing a light so pure and bright that the words are hard. But Pierre was a military physician. He wrote a book and described an NDE. But Pierre was a military physician. He wrote a book and described an NDE when a patient in Paris who fell unconscious and they woke reported seeing a light so pure and bright that they thought they must have been in heaven. Also, it's estimated that in 2011, 9 million people in just the U.S. alone who believed that they've had an NDE. Nine million. Now, with so many others who have almost passed away from COVID, I really can't help but num- I really can't help but wonder if that number is higher. The main thing that near-death experiencers have said that they felt is a sense of peace and that they've seen a bright light and they went through a dark tunnel and were greeted by someone. Another thing that most of these experiencers stated is that it had a big impact on their life. Some have put even more effort into their daily tasks, while others struggle to move on and do even simple things. So why do so many people have or have had the same experience? Is it simply the neurons in their brains firing one last time to create some odd last hallucination? Or does it stem from religion? I can't honestly believe that all 9 million people believed in an afterlife. But I really don't buy the fact that it's just the brain creating this all either. Especially after my own experience. I was three. So religion really hadn't stuck its talons into me yet. And... Don't they say that kids' brains are still growing at this age? And what about those NDEs where they're floating above their bodies and can see and recall what is happening at the time that they quote-unquote died? That clearly isn't just the brain hallucinating. So what does happen when we die? Maybe ancient religions knew something we don't. If you think about it, most of them firmly believed in an afterlife and would put food and other goods in with the bodies when they buried them. It wasn't around... uh, Nope. It wasn't until the 1960s when they... It wasn't until around the 1960s when they started using chest compressions with mouth-to-mouth to create what we now know as CPR. So the amount of people who could be brought back increased, 
1975, a psychiatrist named Raymond Moody coined the term near-death experience when he wrote a book called Life After Life. In 2019, scientists realized that the cells inside your body don't actually die when you die. They realized this after they did an experiment that showed how the brain activity could be restored in pigs after more than 10 hours after the animals were killed. And even when all signs of life have gone and the brain cells have not had any oxygen, those cells didn't die for many hours and possibly for days. So perhaps it is some freaky thing our body does to make us think that we're in a tunnel with a bright light at the end of it. Perhaps it isn't anything religious or paranormal at all. But what about those out-of-body experiences like I mentioned before? Nah, I just don't buy it. I can't accept that it's all a big hallucination. What about you? Do you think it's just something the brain does? Or do you believe it might be something else? Something paranormal in a sense. Just like no one else is exactly alike, near-death experiences are all different as well. Just like everyone is completely different, near-death experiences are also very different. Some might not see anyone at all and only remember the feeling that they got, while someone else might claim to have met Jesus or a loved one that passed away years ago. I believe that my own experience helped or gave me the ability to talk to spirits. I know, that sounds really crazy, but if you continue to listen to my podcast and the stories that I'll share, you might just start to believe, or in the very least, realize that I'm not crazy at all. And I have had and continue to have connection to what some people call the other side. There is definitely more to this world than meets the eye. And that, my friends, is definitely what excites me and drives me to learn more about the things that go bump in the night. Hopefully, you'll join me on this adventure. But in the meantime, stay safe. Don't run next... Hopefully, you'll join me on this adventure. But in the meantime, stay safe. Don't run when next to a pool and keep a light close. Be sure to join me in two weeks when I'll have a guest co-host on and we'll be discussing... Nope. Be sure to join me in two weeks when I will have a guest co-host And we'll be discussing water and all the odd things that go along with it. Yeah, you heard me. Water. Excuse me.
Yeah, you heard me. Water. It's been around a lot longer than we have, and it has a story. Not to mention, it can be used for some real wild things. Also, if you have Facebook, be sure to check out the Not Quite Cold page and give it a like. I'll be posting links on there and giving you a heads up about future shows. You can also message me and let me know what you want to learn about. Or perhaps you have your own wild story you're just bursting to tell someone. If you don't have Facebook, you can also email me at notquitecoldpodcast at gmail.com. That's notquitecoldpodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week, and I will be talking with you soon.